Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This ball game belongs to my San Diego Padres. The Major League Baseball season is set to begin. What should we expect from Chris Paddock? Will Denelson Lamette break out? How much will we see of Mackenzie Gore? This is 97.3 The Fans Padres Roundtable. Starting rotation edition. Joining Steve Woods and Gwen and Chris, here's your host, John Cantero. Good afternoon and welcome to San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Coach John Cantero going to be the moderator for this hour of our baseball roundtable today. And then at 1 o'clock, I'll get into my regular program. And I can tell you, coming up at 2.35 today, we'll have veteran writer from MLB.com who covers the Colorado Rockies, uh, Thomas Harding, to join us. Talk about Ian Desmond opting out of the 2020 baseball season and some of the comments Ian Desmond made yesterday uh, regarding Major League Baseball. Uh, we'll look forward to hearing from Thomas Harding coming up at uh, 2.35. Also, uh, you may have missed it this morning, Matt Kemp signs a minor league deal with the Colorado Rockies. We'll see what Matt Kemp has uh, left in the tank after getting let go last year uh, after an injury with the Cincinnati Reds. But today, our uh, Padres roundtable, we're going to focus on the Padres starting rotation, and I I bring in my colleagues. Now, Ben Higgins, it started July 4th a little bit early, so we excuse Ben today so he and his family could uh, uh, get on with their uh, holiday, a little vacation for the big guy. Uh, but we're joined by uh, uh, Steve Woods of Ben and Woods. Uh, we're joined by Tony Gwynn Jr. and uh, Chris Ello of uh, Gwynn and Chris. And gentlemen, very nice to have you today and looking forward to this hour of talking about the Padres starting rotation. Thanks, Coach. Let's go, Coach. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, I think uh, I'm going to bequeath uh, the opener to uh, a former uh, pitcher uh, at Beverly Hills High in San Diego State. Uh, Chris Ello will uh, get it rolling. And let's start off with a big right-hander who I think uh, really got us all uh, excited last year and very excited about seeing where he's headed this year with no innings restriction, Chris. And that's the big right-hander out of Texas, Austin, Texas, to be exact, Chris Paddock. Uh, yeah, can't wait to see him pitch. I mean, I think that's the key deal. I mean, he's one of the main guys this year without question. And they talk about no, you know, innings restriction for Paddock, uh, which is going to be a lot different than last year when he threw only 140 innings the entire year and 26 starts, averaged uh, just over five innings per start. And uh, that was that was the theme for really the entire Padres starting rotation last year, Coach, averaging five, a little more than five innings per start. And uh, I think Chris Paddock would like to get that up to six, maybe approach seven if he could do it this year. But it'll be interesting in this shortened season. I mean, how much is he going to pitch the first few weeks? Uh, I would think five innings would be tops for him for the first two or three starts. But hopefully he can lengthen it out and uh, start going into that eighth or ninth inning once in a while. Uh, Chris Paddock has obviously got all the talent. He's got all the skills. He's still working on that curveball a little bit, but he's a – you know, as long as as that curveball comes along, I think he's just going to get better and better and better. But when you're when you're coming off a 0.98 walks and hits to innings pitch ratio in your first season, uh, that's pretty special. And uh, you know, I, I think Chris can hopefully take it from there. And I can tell you, Chris uh, spent a lot of time this offseason. Uh, he was telling us at FanFest, boy, it seems like uh, an eternity ago, uh, yeah. when Braden and I were down there talking with him, he had been throwing a lot, uh, even into just a net, to work on that rotation and, and keeping his hand on top of the baseball. And, and we'll see where it goes uh, coming into uh, 2020. Tony, let me ask you this. From a hitter's standpoint, when you see a guy – 
like Chris Paddock, that, you know, he kind of, at the end of the year, he had kind of that show-me breaking ball. But let's face it, the guy's got a good changeup. He's got an exciting fastball. How do you go about hitting this guy? Uh, well, I, I think you, you try to stay on the fastball. I mean, ultimately, he, he can run it up there, anyway, up, up there 97 uh, on a good night. And so you still have to be aware of it. Uh, but his changeup is is the killer, right? If if he's locating the changeup, that's when it becomes different. I mean, that is why the changeup and fastball is such a good mix. Is if if you can locate both pitches, you become that much more difficult to hit because uh, of of good arm action with obviously less velocity. And, and when you have to worry about that ninety seven mile per hour fastball, it complicates things. So the to me. The addition and as good as that curveball can get, um, I think that cha- that's the game changer. That would that's what makes Chris Paddock an ace, uh, as opposed to being the good starter that he is right now. If he can add that third pitch and not just make it uh, average, but maybe kind of raise the ceiling a little bit and and really learn how to throw that pitch. Hey Woodsy, you're down there in that high rent district behind home plate all the time. What did you see out of Paddock last year in those home uh, games? Well, he's he's an electric guy to watch pitch. He uh, he's a good kid too, man. We we got to sit down with him at spring training, and that's what I love. I mean, uh, you know, in the we sit down in the the little room there at spring training, and he's <laughs> oh yes sir, no sir. He's really humble, and he gets on the mound, and he's a complete psychopath, and I love that. I think he uh, he pitches with a massive chip on his shoulder, and he wants to be the best, and. You know, having that that attitude, we loved that stuff last year with Pete Alonso. And look, and I know the old school <laughs> baseball mentality is, you know, hey, let's let's be seen and not heard. But man, I, I don't know. Like, I think I think the tides are changing a little bit. And I, for one, am glad to have a guy like that on the San Diego Padres. Again, we talked a little bit last uh, the last roundtable we did about you know the attitude of this team and how it needed a little bit more of it. And and that's something that he uh, he doesn't lack at all. He's got attitude. He's got the fire. Uh, just one of my favorite guys to watch pitch. You know, every fifth day, I love when he gets the ball. You know, when you take a look at Chris's numbers last year, 26 starts. He was 9-7 and seven with a 3.33 ERA, 140 and two-thirds innings. Gave up only 107 hits, uh, walked 31 in 140 and uh two-thirds, uh, 153 strikeouts, gave up 23 home runs. That was a little bit of a bugaboo uh, for him at periods of time last year, but his whip was 0.98. And, and Tony, you know, I look at – I look at, at Chris right now, and I'm I'm trying to envision a young Jake Peavy. He's bigger, he's stronger, he throws a little bit harder than Jake, but Jake had that, that tremendous attitude on the mound, and he had that wipeout slider, and he would never give in to hitters. No, no, not at all. And, and Jake is Jake is actually a good comp uh, for, for, for Chris in terms of the type of mindset you want. Now, listen, I don't, I don't mind – uh, I don't mind the brashness. I really don't. I think it it brings some excitement to the game. But you got to be careful because ultimately, uh, as much as people may have enjoyed the Pete Alonso thing, Pete Alonso ended up with the last laugh. And and I think that's the thing that you know you you want to watch out for. You, you you like to have guys who are confident about their game. But you know sometimes it, it can go a little before. And I think he learned a valuable lesson after that because it wasn't shortly thereafter that he started to struggle and really had to pull himself. Uh, from from really letting his season tank, and, and he got back on track, and I thought that was really the turning point for him. That's what makes me believe that he can have that uh, that he can be that ace that we're talking about. He can be that Jake Peavy because when things got tough, he dug deeper and, and was able to find himself and, and really straighten out the, the the rest of last season and really go, be able to catapult himself into a phenomenal sophomore season if that breaking ball continues to develop. Hey, Chris, uh, you know, I was thinking about this last night when I was thinking about the round table. I was thinking about this rotation. This rotation may end up being a little bit better than we all anticipated maybe at the end of last year. Some of these guys were uh, throwing pretty well during spring training. Uh, they've been working out hard even during this pandemic. But the thing that I was wondering about, Darren Ballsley had been with this organization for a long period of time, good friend of mine, known him since he was a kid uh, playing here. Uh, but now you got a different voice. you got Larry Rothschild, who's worked and had great success at the big league level. 
you just have to wonder what kind of impact the little bit uh, different approach, maybe, uh, uh, maybe even just a couple of different terminologies uh, from Darren to Larry Rothschild. What to maybe turn uh, the key to open a door for Chris Paddock to to move him even a bit for uh, forward uh, uh, in his development. You know the thing when in, in all the pitchers we talked to, we asked about Larry Rothschild, and and they all said something real similar, if I recall, Coach. Because as Woodsy said, spring training was a long time ago now. But uh, everybody said that the thing they liked about Larry Rothschild is that he did not come in right away with a bunch of a bunch of ideas and a bunch of things to say. He came in and listened, and that was the number one thing that they all said, uh, from Garrett Richards right on through the, the staff of guys we talked to, uh, you know, that, that he was listening and, and, and learning about these guys. And then after a while he would make some suggestions and some alterations. I think that's the best way to go about it. I think the – uh, he's a veteran pitching coach. He knows how to get the job done, and I think that the I think that the staff still have a lot of the Darren Balsley feel to it. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to only be a little bit better with Larry Rothschild. The one thing I wanted to say about Paddock before we move on is that, uh, and I thought you hit it right on the head when you talked about Jake Peavy never gave in to a hitter. I think Chris Paddock gave in to a few too many hitters last year, and I'm only saying that based on his statistics. Uh, he only walked 31, which is phenomenal, but he gave up those 23 home runs. And I think that there were times last year when he got behind in the count, 2-0, did not want to walk somebody and uh, got too much of the plate and got caught on the home run. So uh, I-, I wouldn't mind, you know, in general you say don't walk anybody, but I wouldn't mind him, you know, don't give in. If you have to walk a guy once in a while and you're behind in the count, then get the next guy. Just don't give up that two, three-run home run because, as you said, Coach, that really that hurt him last year. When you got a, a whip underneath one, your ERA should not be over three and a half. So uh, that, to me, is getting, uh, giving up too much runs for the, for the amount of base runners you're allowing. You're listening to our 97.3 The Fan Baseball Roundtable. Today we're focusing in on our starting rotation with the Padres. And next Wednesday, July 8th, we will be evaluating the Padres infield. Steve Woods, I want you to close out the Chris Paddock conversation for the time being. And I'd like to kind of know what your expectations of Chris Paddock would be for this shortened baseball season. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd like to see him go, um, you know, at the most these guys can do, what, 12 starts, 60 games? Uh, right. Every fifth day, if they go the you know standard route uh, without tinkering too much. I know Chris uh, last week, Chris Ello had some great ideas about two starters a day. There's been talk of a six-man rotation, a four-man rotation. I don't know what Jay Stingler's going to do. I do know that Chris Paddock should get the ball every fourth, fifth, or sixth day, whatever they decide. Um, and, you know, in a short season, max effort. And he gives max effort all the time. But, I mean, guys, the, the restrictor plates are off, you know, the Red Dragon, and that's Chris Paddock. you got to take those things off and let him eat. And I think um, it, you just give him that ball and squeeze every bit you can out of him this year because I think he's so young, his arm's good, he's back to where, you know, he wants to be. I'd love to see him go out there and, you know, like Chris said, five, six innings, uh, six, seven innings every single start. Kind of, you know, forgive the term, but balls to the wall for this very short season. Uh, well, we're going to jump over to the 27-year-old right-hander, Denelson Lamette, uh, 6'4", 187, out of the Dominican Republic. Last year, coming off of Tommy John surgery, uh, they brought him to the big leagues after rehabbing down in the minor leagues. He made 14 big league starts, 3-5 and five with a 4.07 ERA. Ended up logging 73 innings last year with 62 uh, hits allowed, uh, 30 walks, but 105 strikeouts in 73 uh, innings. Did give up 12 homers and a whip of 1.26, and... You know, Tony Gwynn Jr., we've been waiting for a while with uh, Denelson Lamette. We saw him, you know, back in 2017, came on the scene. We saw that he had an electric arm. Uh, hasn't been able to really find that command yet. Uh, hopefully, just hopefully, he's going to be able to do that this year because I think this is a real big year for him. Even though he's coming off of Tommy John, he made several starts last year at the big league level. We really need to see him take that next step. Three more with you, Coach. I think. Uh, he's a guy that probably is the most intriguing out of the out of the uh, all of the starters this year because we we've seen him at his best when he's almost unhittable and, and remember he he pretty much has two pitches. There's a little bit of different shape maybe with one of the breaking balls, but um, 
there isn't a big difference between the two. But when it's on, it really doesn't matter. He He's basically a two-pitch guy that can get guys out with those two pitches as long as he's locating the, the ball. And, and I was actually surprised last year uh, that he had the type of command he had after coming off Tommy John. Coach, as you know, most guys coming off of Tommy John takes him a little bit to find – uh, the zone, but he didn't seem to have as much of a problem, or, or he seemed to be normal, right? Before what he was before he he had the Tommy John uh, injury. But you're right; I think this is a huge year for him. Uh, if the Padres are going to have success in this in this sprint, we're calling it his his spot in the rotation is going to be very important. It, it just is, and uh, I think the Padres are, are are ready for him to take that next step forward. Uh, Steve Woods, what I saw out of Nelson Lamette, uh, I'm very encouraged, but he's one of these guys that uh, I would say he's kind of a little bit of a scout killer, and what I mean by that, I mean, he shows you everything you want to see, and he'll mow guys down for three, four innings, and all of a sudden, yep. he gets into a jam, and yep. he hasn't been able to learn to limit the damage. Rather than giving up maybe one or two runs, he'll give up uh, three or four runs, and next thing you know, he's out of the ball game. Yeah, you scratch your head, Coach, a lot of times watching Lamed, and, and I love to watch him. He is, he's electric, too. Um, such, a, such a fun, young pitching staff to talk about and, and get to watch. And, um, but, yeah, he, it, it was you, – you scratch your head. You're like, I don't understand this. He is carving, guys. I mean, he's moving it in, out, up, down. He's painting. You know, slider is sliding. It looks like six feet. And you're going, all right, great, he's going to cruise. Cruise through seven, turn it over the bullpen, next thing you know, four spot. And I'm right there with you. I was going to say the same thing, and I don't know what it is, Coach. I don't know if it's – you hate to say losing focus. It's just maybe a little bit of touch or something on his pitches. I don't know. But it, it is that problem uh, that maybe you know a veteran like Larry Rothschild can come in and help him. Hey, man, giving up one run's fine. Giving up four is not fine. And that's something that uh, I think he's going to be able to learn. And you guys talk about ace potential. I mean, he's got it. There's no question about it. He is – you could see him starting game one uh, of a seven-game series uh, in the playoffs. There's no question about it. He's got that, that kind of good stuff. Uh, Chris Ello, uh, you're up there in that press box each and every start for Denelson Lamette. Uh, what did you see last year? Well, I saw the same thing that you guys saw. Uh, I, I'm looking at a game that he pitched actually in Seattle last year on August the 6th where he went seven innings, allowed two hits, struck out 12, gave up no runs, turned it over to the bullpen and cruised to a victory, and that's what you're talking about. The only problem is I only saw that one time all year. He didn't pitch seven innings in any of his other starts last year. Now, some of that was pitch limit, et cetera. His first five starts, he was in the 80-pitch range then uh, had one game where he was over 100 pitches, and that was that night in Seattle where he had the four, the 12 strikeouts. He had a 14-strikeout game later against Milwaukee. But here's the key. I got to see this more than once every five starts from Nelson Lamette. And, uh, you know, you, scout killer is a, is a tough, tough label to put on somebody. But, yeah, you don't understand. I mean, how can he be so good some night? I mean, so untouchable. And then other nights just uh, kind of give you kind of a haphazard, kind of a mediocre effort. So uh, that's another key. Um, you know, I mean, the Padres, you look at him as a strength in this rotation, hopefully pitching in the number three or four spot in the rotation. They'll take a little pressure off him, and he can just ease back and relax and, and just get the job done because he's certainly more than capable of doing it. He's just got to do it more often. Gentlemen, sit back and relax here for about 30 seconds. we got some good news coming from the Padres. They have just signed their third-round draft pick, uh, Cole Wilcox. They signed him to a $3.3 million deal. His slot value is the 80th player taken over. First-round talent, but a lot of teams were shied away because they weren't uh, sure they'd be able to uh, sign a sophomore eligible. But the Padres, uh, they did their due diligence. Padres, i got to give Mark Connor, A.J. Preller, the entire uh, scouting staff, they did a great job. They signed every one of their players. Uh, there were six players taken in a five-round draft. They had one compensatory pick in between the first and uh, second round. They signed every one of their picks, aside from Wilcox, for under slot value. That for they were able to sign Wilcox today. He gets, again, $3.3 million. His slot value at number 80 overall in the draft was 767800 uh, His fastballs reached 100 miles per hour. Got a power slider, a fading changeup, uh, both uh, plus pitches right now.
And uh, the third-round bonus now eclipse uh, what the Padres gave last year to outfielder Hudson Head. So uh, the Padres, well, I'll tell you what, they hit a home run in this draft. I mean, uh, Robert Hassel going to be on the uh, uh, 60-man roster right now, get a lot of work. And I would imagine that Cole Wilcox, Tony, uh, with uh, eight spots still available, I would think they would probably throw him in the mix and, and get him on that 60-man roster. They may. They may. Uh, I think that is the the intriguing part of this year is that guys that normally wouldn't have a shot will at least at the very at the very least get a look uh, and, and see what they do. Because in a, in a season like this, you got to be prepared for anything. You don't know what kind of impossible <laughs> injuries you could see down the line. So you got to have these guys uh, uh, available. And, you know, at, listen, I think. With all due respect, there was only, what, five rounds this year. There should have been less issue getting guys in, and the Padres uh, filled that void. They didn't have an issue getting their guys in. And, uh, and it sounds like, based on the things that I've read and that we've seen, uh, they were able to sneak a couple guys in this draft that uh, maybe some other teams weren't willing to, to, to risk it on. Uh, Steve Woods, let's talk a little bit about Garrett Richards. Uh, he made three starts at the big league level last year coming off a of, of Tommy John. Uh, I just want to ask one question of you, and you can break it down and give me your expectations, but how much do you think he's got left in the tank at 32 years of age and a guy that's battled a lot of injuries the last four years? I was surprised, Coach, when when they made this move. Um, it was, what, essentially $7 million a year, we knew we'd get one year at best, and now we're looking at a at a short season. So I hope that there's a ton left in the tank, uh, to be honest with you. And when we talked to him at spring training, we watched him throw a bullpen, and I get it. We've all seen impressive bullpens before. Uh, Chris Ello probably threw a few, you know, in his day as well. But I'll tell you what, um, it's dirty. It was really, really dirty from what we saw. He's got a lot of confidence. He's feeling good when he was healthy. Now, granted, I mean, his best years, guys, were still – what five years ago so it's been it's been a while since he's been you know really a dominant force but i mean that's that's exactly what we're looking for 12 starts 12 starts this year that's what we need well you take a look at uh garrett richards had some good years with the angels you go back to 2014 and 2015 and 14 he was 13 and 4 with a 2.61 era the following year in 2015 15 and 12 with a 365 but then since that 2016 he made only six starts 2017 he made only six starts in 2018 he made a total of 16 starts and then of course last year was coming off of tommy john and made uh, three starts at the big league level and his numbers at the big league level last year 0-1-1 with an 8.31 ERA a whip of 1.85 uh, he pitched to eight and two-thirds innings last year for the Padres gave up 10 hits and uh, there you have it uh, Chris Ello Garrett Richards Buddy Black told me a number of years ago when Garrett Richards was healthy he's got Cy Young type stuff <laughs> here's the stat that I love about Garrett Richards uh, coach is that he is a three-time champion in the American League for most wild pitches thrown in a season. Uh, the two seasons you talked about, 2014 and 15, he led the league with 22 wild pitches and 17 wild pitches. He had 15 a couple of years ago. But it's not like he walks everybody. My point is is that his stuff is so electric, catchers can't even catch the ball. So if catchers can't catch the ball, what does that say for hitters who are trying to hit it? Uh, that's the kind of stuff that Garrett Richards has. I don't see any reason why he still shouldn't have that stuff uh, this year. I mean, he he's pitched, uh, you know, 170-some-odd games in the big leagues. He's made 120 starts. He should have plenty left, and his attitude is fantastic. We talked to him the other day on our show, and, I mean, we're saying, well, you're going to kind of ease into it and go four, fourth, you know, five innings. And he goes, I don't see why I shouldn't be going seven right out of the gate and ready to go. So uh, he's been waiting a long time for this opportunity. He wants to prove that he's still got something left. And I think the Padres made a, you know, it's a gamble, but I, I think it's a gamble worth taking because if Garrett Richards pitches anything like the 2015 or 2014 Garrett Richards, now the Padres have themselves a third big-time starter. You look at uh, the lifetime record of Garrett Richards, 45-39 and 39 with a real solid 3.60 ERA. Tony, let me ask you, uh, when you were playing, did you ever face him uh, during the regular season or in, in spring training? Yeah, no, I faced him during the regular season when I was with the Dodgers. It was not fun at all. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I think the wild pitches is a, a window into the type of movement he gets. And the first time you face him, I know for myself, you get in that box. He's a young. He's I think he's in his first year, and you know he's he's throwing fastballs that are cutting. It, but you know you see the catcher kind of having to, to to jab at the ball to keep it from going to the back spot. So in the mind, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, he's getting around the baseball. He's not purposely doing it. But as you start to go through the the game. You got everybody coming back in the dugout saying the same thing. Man, the ball is just – it's cutting, and it's cutting late. And that's the kind of movement uh, Garrett Richard has. I, I think uh, Buddy is is spot on. Like, when he's on, when he's healthy, he has he has Cy Young-type stuff. And uh, unfortunately for him, he hasn't been able to remain healthy. Hopefully that part of his, his career is behind him. He's going to start to see some time uh, on the field. And I think – Really, ideally, you'd like him to be your, your number one because that takes a, a, some of the load off of, of Chris Paddock who can kind of settle into that number two spot. But I'm excited for, for Garrett Richards this year. I, I really am. I think, he, he's gonna, I, I think he can have a big year if he's healthy. You know, uh, Steve, uh, you brought up a point earlier that I think uh, we can continue to talk about uh, throughout the course of this hour. And if you're just tuning in, this is our 97.3 The Fan Baseball Roundtable. Our next one will be a week from tomorrow, July 8th. And that day we'll be uh, evaluating the Padres infield. Today we're uh, breaking down the Padres starting rotation. But, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, Garrett Richards, and, and you were talking earlier about, you know, how deep will guys go in the game, how many pitchers are going to be used. I mean, I like what uh, the boys were just saying about when Garrett Richards was on their show he goes I actually be able to go eight right out of the blocks yeah yeah I like that too I mean that's that's what you want every time and if if you've ever held a baseball and and you know they they say yeah you got the bump today I mean yeah your Mm -hmm. your ultimate goal is to go until it's over and you're the winner um and that's the only mentality to have that's especially you know as healthy as he feels and has felt I guys and I think too you know one thing these next few weeks are going to be interesting because what we don't know is what most of these guys have been doing, and and I, I, you know, we hope and we pray that they uh, they've been doing what they're supposed to do and throwing and getting their bullpens in, and I imagine that they have their professional ball players, but I mean, I know of a few that haven't, you know, just kind of through the grapevine, not on our team. I'll, I'll just put it like that, not on our team. Uh, but you know, you hope that these guys have been doing what they're supposed to do. These next three weeks are going to be, um, they're going to be so interesting to see. You know, those little tweaks that may happen. You know, you tweak a groin or a hammy or an elbow or whatever it may be. You know, I mean, we're all kind of on pins and needles. But if we get through it with the five guys at the front of the rotation that we think are that we think are going to be there, I think we're going to be in good shape. Hey, I want to get to uh, the newly acquired right-hander, Zach Davies, Chris. Although I think you and I and I think people that really appreciate pitchers, we're going to appreciate this guy. This guy's not going to uh, light up the jugs gun. He's going to throw somewhere in the neighborhood on a good day, 88 to 91. But he's had a very nice record of 43 and 32 in his career with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, career ERA at 3.91. He's going to mix and match. And, and Chris, I think you and I, uh, he almost reminds me of that soft-tossing left-hander. Yeah, he's a soft-tossing right-hander, I guess you'd call him. Uh, 155 pounds soaking wet, and uh, <laughs> if you see him up close, you, you think he's you, – you don't think he's even on the ball club. He's 27 years old. He looks like he's about 14, and uh, his nickname is Bat Boy. So <laughs> that tells you <laughs> what people think of him when they when they run into him. But uh, we we the one game that uh, I got to call with Tony and Jesse in uh, spring training down in Peoria, he pitched and he pitched four shutout innings and just was in complete control of the situation. And that's the thing you like. I mean, all of his pitches are working, throwing everything for strikes and. Coach, you love the phrase, I do too, but uh, you put a little on, you take a little <laughs> off, you move it in, you move it out, you move it up, you move it down, and you get guys out. I mean, that's the key for for, for Zach Davies. So uh, uh, I, I'm looking forward to watching him pitch. I mean, he had a 3.55 ERA last year, which is just a tick ahead of what Chris Paddock had. Uh, one more games than Chris Paddock. He was 10 wins. Chris Paddock had nine but went about it in a completely different way than Chris Paddock did. And I, I think so. It'll be fun to watch him pitch. And, um, you know, he's had a he's had a pretty good success. He had a 17-game win season uh, in 2017 and made 33 starts. I mean, that led the league. So he's durable, 
and there's no reason why he shouldn't be out there every fifth day and giving you the innings and um, and uh, and not throwing very many pitches, so he should be going to deep into games. Hey, Woodsy, I always enjoy watching a, a pitcher like Chris was saying. Uh, you know, basically you're adding subtracting, and that's what Zach Davies does a great job, really tries to throw those hitters' timing off. Um. I think he's such an under-the-radar pickup for A.J. Preller. I really do, and, and getting Trent Grisham back as well. And I know they had to give up uh, Urias, but I'll tell you what, guys. He is, to me, I hate to call anybody. I said it this morning on our show. I hate to call anybody the poor man's anything, right? Because it, it feels like an insult, but it's not, it, it, in my opinion. He's kind of the poor man's Kyle Hendricks uh, for the Cubs, and you mm-hmm. watch him throw, and when those guys get in trouble – and they get behind, they don't throw harder, they throw softer, and it drives hitters absolutely bonkers. And I, I couldn't be happier about this pickup, and I really feel like quietly he's going to be a massive, massive get for this team. Um, great, great control, and he just knows how to pitch. And, and he's kind of one of those guys where you look at him, I bet you his, his heart rate never gets, you know, I bet he never goes above 60 beats a minute. He's just kind of calm. And uh, just doesn't really get affected by a lot, whereas Chris Paddock's huffing and puffing, and we like that too. It's nice to have that uh, as well. But I loved, loved this move in the offseason. I love it now, and I'm really excited to see this guy pitch. Yeah, I was very excited when they uh, made that uh, trade with Milwaukee. I've always enjoyed watching Zach Davies pitch. And, and Tony, I take a look at Davies' career mark in Milwaukee. 111 starts, a 43-32 and 32 record, a 3.91 ERA in her hitter-friendly home ballpark. Yeah, I mean, that's that's impressive in Milwaukee. We, everybody who's who's watched the game there realizes the ball uh, has a tendency to leave the yard at a, at a high frequency there. And um, Kyle, Kyle probably – there's a chance that Zach – excuse me, Zach will have a, uh, the chance to be the best pitcher on this staff. Like, as you guys mentioned, not a, uh, not a hard thrower – a guy that can command all of his pitches, though, and um, when he is, and his issue has been health, though, at least in the last year or so. Uh, last year was his first year back. He had 18, he missed most of it uh, with with uh, with some arm issues. So he's working his way back. And last year was his first healthy year after a year of of, of not being healthy. So um, I, I'm I'm with Woodsy on this man. I, I'm excited about uh, this. Is a low key quiet pickup for for AJ Preller. And and he could be the, the stabilizing force in that in that that rotation. You got a, a bunch of volatile uh, pitchers that have high ceilings in the front, and then you get a guy that that's kind of in that middle of the rotation there that can kind of uh, steady the ship. And um, I think Zach can be that guy for the Padres this year. Well, last year in 31 starts, he uh, logged 159 and two thirds innings and gave up uh, 155 hits. So anytime you're giving up uh, less hits than any pitch, you're doing a good job. And again, his record last year was 10 and seven with a 3.55 uh, earned run average. Let's get to the left-hander. The only left-hander right now scheduled to be in the Padre rotation, and that's 27-year-old left-hander Joey Lucchese. He'll be uh, be with the ball club for his third straight year. Uh, last year, 30 starts, a 10 and 10 mark, a 4.18 ERA, a WHIP of 1.22. Ended up going 163 and two-thirds innings, gave up 144 hits. And uh, Chris Ello, uh, Joey Lucchese for me last year, I thought he made some strides. He didn't quite make as many improvements as I would have liked, but I know he's been working on a new pitch this offseason. Well, you know, the the thing about Joey Lucchese is that he led the led the staff in innings pitch last year. He led the staff in victories last year. He led the staff in games started last year. I mean, he was the most reliable guy you had out there. And, um, you know, I, I think Joey's got it going to be quietly very very tough to beat this year uh probably pitching out of that number four or five hole most often so matching up against four and five uh, starters from other teams i think gives joey lucchese a real advantage to go out there and relax knows he can give up a run or two and probably going to get some support offensively so uh yeah joey's uh I, i think he's a pretty pretty good pitcher for a five or four guy and i i think that uh you know the depth is going to be so meaningful this year and in the short season with the with the short spring training and uh you know i think uh you know from lucchese on down to quantrill and you talk about it if it's lucchese the only lefty well maybe he will be the only lefty (laughs) if mackenzie gore doesn't work his way into some situations where he either starts ball games or comes in in the in the middle innings but 
Uh, I'm excited to watch Joey. Third year, should have it pretty well figured out by now. The one thing I've always enjoyed about him is when you when you talk to him after a ball game, he's always talking about things that he learned during the game and learned about himself, learned about hitters, learned about pitching. And he's he, he's like a sponge. He's soaking things up. And I, and I think Larry Rothschild is going to be a big help for him. And I think I think you might see Joey Lucchese take another step forward this year. You know, uh, Tony, I brought up, uh, we talked with uh, Joey at uh, FanFest, and he really didn't, at that time, didn't want to give away what he was working on, but I found out later he's been working on a slider, and we'll see how that uh, fares once they get underway. But give me your uh, your evaluation of his serve. It, it's tough to evaluate, right, because I, I think there's an element of a guy still – not used to seeing a ball that moves with that type of spin. Like a lot of a lot of hitting is is recognition, and that's not a that's not a particular pitch that hitters have filed away in their minds, right? They it takes them a little bit of time to to see it and start to adjust. And a lot of these guys, unless you're in the West, you're, you're not getting the chance to to face Joey Lucchese that much. So I think the slider's a good idea. You you, you always had to wonder a little bit with the curve that. It, it, it's not moving hard enough like the slider. It kind of gives you the same movement. Uh, it'll be interesting to see as he starts to throw that slider if he tends to go to that more than the turf because they kind of do the same thing, right? One maybe is a little bit slower, um, and, and I'm not so sure how that works having two off-speed pitches that are really working the same exact direction. So uh, you, you want something that can go the other way, like a, a maybe a natural change that's kind of moving away from right-handed hitters. But he's still developing. And listen, I think things have changed a lot, right? Because if you would have asked me this during spring training, uh, uh, Joey was struggling a little bit. And, and you, you, there was clear that it was starting to turn into a competition of Cal Quantrill and Joey Lucchese really kind of battling out for that fifth spot. But I think now with a 60-game season and there only being a three-week 2.0 spring training, mm-hmm. all bets are off. We just don't know what it's going to look like in terms of rotation, how they handle it. And, and I think Joey obviously will be squarely in that mix. You know, Steve, uh, whenever Lucchese uh, takes the mound, I feel pretty confident because he goes out there, he gives you everything he has. And, you know, when you take a look at, at the, the, the projected starting five for the Padres right now, I mentioned right now he's supposed to be the only left-hander, but he's also the only guy in the rotation that has a little funk to his delivery. Watch. And it's isn't it great, too, guys? I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, last year we're talking, maybe last year two years ago, you know, this kid, Joey Lucchese, and we can't wait to see Joey Lucchese and Joey Lucchese. And, and then the next thing you know, he comes up, and he's been pretty good. You know, he's, he pitches really well at Petco Park, uh, needs to pitch a little bit better on the road. But I'll tell you what, um, isn't it funny that now Joey Lucchese is now slotted back to the five spot in the rotation where, you know, it's there. there's going to be depth. There's going to be competition, as Tony mentioned. Um, I like watching Joey pitch. He's not... It does, you know, it's not like watching. It's not like watching some dominant lefty. Like I don't think he definitely doesn't have the stuff of of like a Clayton Kershaw or Mackenzie Gore. Even you know, it's a different type of left-handed pitcher. Uh, but he's he is fun to watch. And, and and like Chris said, man, talking about depth, he as your five. That's pretty good. I'll take that every single day. Okay, we're gonna get to Mackenzie Gore here in a few minutes, but I want to stay with the guys right now that more than likely uh, legitimately are in competition. And, uh, Tony, you brought up uh, Cal Quantrill. Last year at the big league level, the former number one pick, 23 games, 18 starts, 6-8, and eight, uh, 5-16 ERA. And, Tony, I thought he really ran out of gas, so I don't really know who the real Cal Quantrill is right now. Yeah, no, there's, I, I, I saw the same thing you saw, Coach, and it wasn't for not trying to work either. The dude was working his butt off trying to figure it out. And, you know, for, for a lot of guys who are experiencing uh, the big league grind for the first time, uh, towards that back end of the season, you can't help it. There is a wall that you run into, and, and I think Cal Quantrill hit that. Uh, prior to that wall, though, he was really good. He had a nice streak of, uh, of, of, of having some, some fantastic starts. And, and, and listen, I think that is what uh, allowed him to be in this competition coming into this this next spring training and um i i think he, he's squarely going to be one of those guys that's going to be competing at least early on 
um, in the season. Because remember, with that three-week season, nobody's going to be – at least I wouldn't expect. Now, I think Gary Richards might, might differ on this, but I wouldn't expect guys to be – our teams to be willing to run guys out there for five, six innings first week to first two weeks of the season but um i expect cal Quantrill to be in this mix he's got some terrific stuff he's a bulldog out there uh and he's got some pedigree i think that that counts for something a guy who's been around this level isn't overwhelmed by uh being at the big league level and being able to make pitches when he wants to i think it's just a matter of him getting more reps i i think he's going to be squarely in this mix as i said well, there's no reason to, to push him with an added uh, roster and the depth of the Padre bullpen. Uh, the Padres go to that bullpen uh, early and often if they have to. Uh, Chris Ello, Cal Quantrill, what do you what do you got on him? Got a couple of things, Coach. Number one, if you look at the starting pitchers returning from last year, guess who averaged the most innings per start <laughs> of the guys coming back? That's Cal Quantrill, 5.7 innings per start last year. That's more than Joey Lucchese. That's more than Chris Paddock. That's more than Denelson Lamette. That's even more than Zach Davies did with Milwaukee. So uh, as Tony said, he's a bulldog. He comes after you. And I think a lot of people are going to take a look at his final numbers, and they're going to see six and eight with a five point one six, and they're going to say, "Well, that's not all that. I mean, that's pretty mediocre at best." Well, go back to mid-August, like you said, before he hit that wall, he was six and three with a three point two three ERA. I mean, he was pitching some great baseball until the last seven uh, six starts. He lost five in a row and then had a no decision in his last start of the year, but. Before that collapsed on him, he was as good as any guy they had, and and he was throwing over 100 pitches most times out or many times out there. So uh, I think Cal Quantrill is a real good, you know, for lack of a better term, number six, and I think a number six is a guy that you're going to definitely need this year, whether it's as a combined starter with somebody else in the first couple of weeks or just sitting, you know, jumping into the rotation on a on a you know stretch of games where you don't have a day off. You're listening to our 97.3 The Fan Baseball Roundtable. Today we're uh, focusing in on our uh, starting rotation for the Padres. And next Wednesday, July 8th at 12 o'clock, we'll uh, have another roundtable, evaluate the Padres infield. Uh, Woodsy, do you think Cal Quantrill can bust into this five-man rotation? Yeah, I think he can. He's um, There was that, that streak that Chris talked about. There was a time, guys, where... I mean, you're, you, I remember putting on SportsCenter, MLB tonight, and they're like, Cal Quantrill right now is the best pitcher in baseball based on the last three or four starts. It was something ridiculous, this little streak that he went on. Um, he's got really good stuff, you know, smart guy, cerebral guy, um, but, but again, has that mentality of, like, I'm going to attack. That's the thing with him. If he, gets, if he gets behind, that's when he gets pounded, just like every young pitcher, right? I mean, every young pitcher, you know, they go 2-0, and Guys are going to tee off on guys like Cal Quantrill. So if he can use his pitches, mix his pitches, and again, Rothschild, I think, is going to be a big help for him as well. Um, he's going to be flipping the slider up there. He's, he throws hard enough to, to get out to the big league level. I mean, again, it's kind of, a, you don't want to say an embarrassment of riches, but depth, depth, depth. That's what A.J. Preller has done such a good job at. And, again, good problems to have for the San Diego Padres right now. Hey Tony, what's the what's the game plan for Michelle Baez? Are they going to try to make him into a starter, or are they going to keep him in the bullpen? I think they will. I think they will try to make him into a starter, uh, and this is the perfect season to do it, right? I think uh, at least early on, and everybody's going to get that chance to look. But he also has shown the ability to be able to come out of the bullpen. It's in a season like this, having guys that are are are, are multi dimensional in terms of. Uh, being able to swing, whether they can be a starter or whether they can be a reliever. I think those guys can be valuable in a season like this. And um, I, I think they'll probably try to stretch them out as good as they can prior to getting to the regular season. And, and they'll kind of see, and, and again, it, it'll depend on how they're going to go about it. But uh, I, I like guys like like uh, Michelle Baez because he can he can do some different things. He can start. He can relieve. He's shown the ability to have a, a, a dominant changeup. It's one of the it's one of the better changeup on this on this staff. Uh, I think he has a chance to kind of be the swing guy and, and do a little bit of both. You know, Chris, uh, last year uh, when I was looking back at Michelle's uh, numbers, uh, boy, he got into 24 big league games last year. He had one start, a one and one mark, and a 3.03 ERA. Ended up logging 29 and two-thirds, giving up 25 hits. And he had some pretty dominating performances, especially uh, in, in coming into some very difficult relief situations. 
Yeah, and uh, it's just another it's another weapon for the Padres. I mean, the thing you know, we're going to talk about their bullpen in, in another roundtable, and it's just amazing to me that we're talking about all of this talent, all of these guys, all of these arms, without ever even getting to the real strength of what this staff is, which is you know Kirby Yates and Emilio Pagan and Drew Pomeranz <laughs> and Craig Stammen and all the guys down there in the in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, but. Michelle Baez, to me, is a guy that helps you get to the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, and and, and I'm not saying he does it from from the starting or, or starting and going into the seventh, eighth inning, but I, I I don't know what Jace Tingler's plan is early in the year, but I think you're going to see some guys that are openers and guys that go you know two, three innings out of the gate just to try to get through the rotation one time, and then let the starter come in after that, and I think Michelle Baez is the perfect guy to use in that situation so uh, the more arms that you have that can help get you to the seventh eighth and ninth inning where you've got those lockdown guys out there in the bullpen the better season you're going to have and that's the great thing about you know what i'm hearing today is i mean we're sitting here talking about seven (laughs) eight nine guys we haven't even mentioned matt stroms another one who could possibly come in and give you some earnings early in ball games or middle ball games so uh, it's uh, it, it, yeah, it is deep and depth in the starting rotation might be one of the most important things about this sixty-game season for any team. Hey, Steve Woods, uh, do you like Baez as a starter or as a reliever? Yeah, it's a great question, Coach. I mean, he's young. You know, he's young right now, and and it seems it seems that we have our at least all of it seems doesn't it seem our brain is all trained on the. The Padres starting five right now. It just kind of looks good. It feels good on paper when you put it down. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they do. He is. He's got an absolutely electric arm, as do so many other guys down uh, in that pen. You know, you still you got guys like Adrian Morahone as well, who I know. You know, you want to possibly turn those guys into starters. Coach, I don't know. And it, it, it is a it's a depth thing with the San Diego Padres. And you know, it's funny. It all kind of played out to their advantage. And I know there's a lot of hype about the Padres nationally, which is when they talk about those teams that could jump up and surprise, you know, every other team, the Padres are mentioned in almost every single article, every single piece. You know, the pressure, I guess, is on right now in a 60-game season. But, again, more weapons, more weapons. If somebody gets hurt, you know, in if somebody gets hurt in summer camp, uh, if you will, well, I mean, there's a couple of names we've already thrown around that guys can slide right into the rotation. So uh, I think if you need him, Coach, you have no problem putting him in the rotation to start the season. You're listening to our 97.3 The Fan Baseball Roundtable. Today we're starting uh, uh, talking about the Padres starting rotation. The top of the hour, I'll excuse uh, my colleagues, and we'll open the phone lines up. I'll have my regular show all the way up until 3 o'clock. Then it'll be Gwen and Chris for a full uh, four hours. Uh, uh, you mentioned, uh, Steve, uh, Adrian Morahone, And i got to be honest, and I'll come right back at you on this one. Last year, I was a little frustrated because I really didn't know what the Padres' game plan was for him. We saw him uh, a couple of times as an opener. Uh, he's a guy that throws hard. He's a guy that, for what I saw, has a hard time repeating his delivery. And, you know, I just don't know where he's headed. If they want to make him a starter or a reliever, I just know the kid does have some talent. Yeah, he's got he's got one of those names that you hear uh, a lot about, and I'm sure, Coach, when when phone calls are made to AJ Preller, I'm sure his name is mentioned more often than not. Yeah, will you guys throw in Morihone? And uh, you know, AJ Preller's been pretty reticent to do that so far, but I promise you, uh, based on stuff alone, I mean, again, we're talking. You know, five, got into five games last year, eight innings, so um, nothing nothing really to, to get super excited about, uh, obviously, but the stuff. we The stuff, the stuff, the stuff is certainly there. And, uh, again, one of those names that I promise you, every time that phone rings, his name is on the other end of it. I guarantee you, Coach. And, and I don't really know. I really don't know what to do with him either. I do know that lefties that throw, that have that kind of stuff, not somebody you want to give up on too soon, that's for sure. Uh, Chris Ello, Adrian Morhone uh, last year shows he's got the good fastball, not great command, but uh, uh, a lot to, to work with. There's no question about it. Yeah, I don't know how much I can make out of eight innings of work for a whole season, uh, you know, and uh, walk three guys. So uh, he's got to, you know, he's young. And, uh, you know, I, I mix him in there with a guy like Javi Guerra, who's, who comes at you from the other side. But, uh, 
Uh, another young guy with you know talent and, and and the ability to get that ball up there in a hurry. Um, again, uh, middle innings, fifth inning, sixth inning. These are the kinds of innings that I think Jace Tingler can use these guys. Get yourself to the Stammons. Get yourself to the Pomeranzas. Get yourself to Pagans later in the ball game. So uh, there are so many of them for the Padres, and it's just a matter of figuring out which guys are going to be you know be pitching well and have them in the games at the right time uh you know tony i look at a guy like warahone and we, we're going to get to Mackenzie gore here in a couple of uh uh more uh, players before we get out of here but i look at a guy like warahone if you can get him uh lassoed and uh throwing the well at the big league level you know gore's going to come through patino boy uh the potteries could be sitting uh, uh like a cat eating persimmons going forward the next several years they they do they they they, they certainly could be and Having a guy like Marhone, if he could live up to what a lot of the things that you know, I think a lot of scouts who've seen him throw the baseball feel like he could be absolutely uh, eight innings. However, is tough to really predict. And after that eight innings, we found out he had some some arm issues. So uh, he he has to get back healthy right now. I don't know uh, where he his in those eight innings he didn't throw the ball that well. And so because of that, I think he might be a little bit behind some of the other guys that we're going to talk about on this list. But certainly, um, should he be healthy and can get to that the level that I think a lot of people think he can get to, absolutely. Having arms like him, especially left-handed arms like his, uh, certainly – uh, advance it can help advance a ball club and their ambitions to to plan deep into a postseason. Tony, I want to come right back at you because I do want to get to Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino. we got about eight minutes left, but I did want to ask you about a 30-year-old right-hander who made the 52-man roster, uh, and he's had some interesting years with the Philadelphia Phillies. That's the right-hander, Jared Eikhoff. Is he more of an insurance policy, or does he have a shot, you think, to make this opening day roster? Again, Coach, because of the, the, the circumstances, everybody's got a legitimate shot. Yes, there are some guys that are, are, are shoo-ins for this, for this roster, but there are certainly going to be some surprises on here, I think, too. Uh, Eikhoff could be one of them. He, he's, he's shown the ability to be a, a very good pitcher at the big league level. Uh, it, he's just been very inconsistent. And, and listen, pitching in a ballpark like Citizens Bank Park uh, can, can do that to you. And not to say that it was solely the ballpark. Uh, we saw him pitch a few years ago against the Padres and look unhittable. Uh, then we saw him a few starts later uh, look like a completely different guy. So uh, he'll be one of the names that's in this, in this hat that has a chance. I think uh, he's probably a, an insurance policy as of right now. But things can change once people start getting on the bump and throwing the baseball. All right, let's get to Mackenzie Gore right now because uh, this kid is still only 21 years of age. Uh, he had a remarkable season a year ago at Lake Elsinore, 15 starts, 7-1 and one and a 1.02 earned run average, 79 in the third innings pitched. He gave up only 36 hits, gave up four homers, 20 walks, and struck out 110 and 79 in the third. Then he went up to Amarillo, uh, better uh, better uh, hitters in AA, and he, uh, he had mixed results, 2-1 and one with a 4 15 ERA, a 1.29 whip, 21 and two-thirds innings, gave up 20 hits, three homers, eight walks, but he still had a high strikeout rate, 25 uh, punch-outs in 21 and two-thirds innings. And I think Steve Woods, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris, we're all excited, and we want to see this guy on a big league mound. When will we see him, and what type of role, Steve Woods, do you think we'll see him in? It's a great question, Coach. I think, um, you know, Padre fans aren't going to want to hear this, and we talked a little bit about it on Ben and Woods. You know, the service time uh, situation with Mackenzie Gore, I think it works out to bring him up about a week into the 60-game season and you get an extra year. And for a guy you weren't really counting on on opening day, if opening day was the opening day we expected it to be, which it's now not, um, he wasn't going to be on this roster. I think we all can pretty much agree that he was going to be a midseason guy. Uh, but now the circumstances have changed. So call him up in a week. Use him when you need to. I don't think you use him as a as a you know lefty on lefty guy. I know they got to do the three batter rule now, but I just think use him use him when it's smart to use him. And that's going to be part of the challenge for Jace Tingler is when to put him out there. Why put him out there? All of those questions, Coach. I hate to say wait and see, but yeah, I mean I want to see him. I want to see him opening day, but that's not going to happen. 
You know, Chris, oh, the thing that's going to be unfortunate for not only for Mackenzie Gore and his family, but for all of us Padre baseball fans, we've been talking about this kid uh, at nauseum since they drafted him, and, and he's gone through the minor leagues with these dominating numbers last year, just a magnificent year at Lake Elsinore, uh, number one pitching prospect in baseball. And whenever he does make his debut, and I do believe it'll be this year, you and I and Tony and Woodsy and the whole gang, we're not going to be able to be in the ballpark to watch it. We got we got, uh, we got, got Ted Leitner and Jesse Agler to carry us through on the radio call, <laughs> and uh, we'll be fine. But, look, I, I, I think Mackenzie Gore is going to make a little bit of a different uh, debut than people are expecting. I, I, I think, you know, a guy like this, you, you think of him as an ace starting pitcher and – so, you know, you're going to, you know, wait a couple of weeks, bring him up, find a spot, start or two for him when you need him. I'm not so sure that that's how they have to use him this year. I, I think with uh, the depth in the starting rotation, I could see him being in a game where Zach Davies starts and pitches the first four innings and then Mackenzie Gore comes in and pitches the fifth and sixth and then you get it over to that bullpen. Or Mackenzie Gore starts and goes two or three innings uh, one time through the batting order, and then he comes out of there and Denelson Lamette comes in and pitches three innings. Uh, There's so many inventive and fun things you can do because you have the depth to be able to do stuff like that. And we're watching teams have a great success with the openers. We're having you know great success with mixing and matching pitchers. And uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, – putting a, a dominant left-handed guy at the start of a ball game and then bringing a dominant right-handed pitcher in, you know, in the middle of the ball game and messing up the other team's lineup. So uh, I, I think Mackenzie Gore, he's a, he's a weapon that you can use in a lot of different ways, and I, I think you'll see him used in a lot of different ways. Uh, Tony, I'm pretty excited about this kid. Uh, you know, I don't know when uh, and if they're going to bring him up. I got to believe we're going to see him at some point in 2020. But uh, uh, he is something special. Yeah, no, I think we'll see him. I, I don't know when or how that is or, or what it looks like at this point. But I, I have a hard time believing that there's a 60 game season in, in which there is no minor league season. Mind you, they won't get a lot of these minor minor guys who were slated to be in the minor leagues won't get any reps other than what uh, the big league teams are able to provide for him. So I have a hard time believing he doesn't get to see the field this year. Uh, how big that role is, what it looks like, I think we're all on our toes waiting to, to see what that is. But in my mind, uh, there's no doubt we're going to see him. Just thinking a regular season, regular 162, we, we probably would have started having this conversation sometime towards uh, the second half of the season, maybe September, maybe a little bit earlier. Now in a 60-game season where there are no innings to be had for minor leaguers, I just have a hard time not seeing him. Well, uh, we're uh, just about out of time. Uh, I wanted to get to Luis Patino uh, real uh, quickly. Uh, let's talk about uh, Patino. I, I think we're going to go to the top of the hour, if I'm not mistaken. We're going to go to 59-15. So we're just going to uh, play through that sound right there. Uh, but uh, Steve Woods, Luis Patino, the right-hander, uh, he's a guy that we may see in 2020 as well. Oh, he's, did you say Patino? Because I had that music in my ear, Coach. I'm assuming yeah, that's Patino. who you're talking about. Yeah, Patino. He's so dirty. He is so dirty. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, he's he's another one. Uh, in the Chris Ello role, right, that role that Chris just talked about, um, the, the, the fifth, sixth, seventh inning maybe, um, so many guys can fill that role. And I just, you know, we haven't even delved into the bullpen yet. But, I mean, there's been so many pitchers in baseball that, you know, fa- call them failed starters. Not that he is one. Um, that have ended up being ridiculous closers or ridiculous uh, setup men. Sky's the limit for him. He's got filthy, filthy stuff. Hey, we got about two minutes left. Uh, Tony, give me your thoughts on Patino. I saw from him in the Futures, futures game. Uh, I, I mean, listen, anytime you can have a guy who, who's running it up 100-plus, uh, th- th- those are good things to have in today's game. And um, ultimately, as it is with all young guys, you want them to be able to hone that in the strike zone because guys who can throw that hard and command the baseball are equally as difficult, probably the most difficult to hit in our game today. So, yeah, he's another one. He's another guy who's on the radar, hasn't got as much hype as McKenzie Gore, maybe not as polished as McKenzie Gore, but uh, certainly is a guy that, 
um, we probably will see something from at some point this season as well. Chris Ello, you excited to see the right-hander Luis Patino, who's still only 20 years of age. I know. I just looked this up, Coach. He was born in 1999. I mean, come on. <laughs> These guys are getting younger and younger as we go along here. But uh, absolutely excited to see what he can bring. And, uh, I mean, you just, just think about what the potential for a rotation is and I don't know, two years. I mean, you could have a Paddock rotation, a Lamette, Gore, Patino. If all these guys, you know, turn out to be the way that they, you know, people are saying that they're going to turn out and, and they could turn out, I, it's just the, the sky is the limit for this team. And uh, I think that they're going to get a lot of great experience this year in the 60-game season because they're going to get stress innings and there's going to be stressful ball games and stressful innings. And I think that that's, that's something that, that, uh, that tends to, to quicken your pace in terms of your learning curve because you've got to pitch under some pressure. And I, and I think that that's a good thing for these young guys. Okay, gentlemen, as we close this out, and then I'm going to open the phone lines up at the top of the hour. We'll uh, take phone calls. We'll get into my regular uh, program. Uh, just uh, I just need uh, one, uh, one answer real quick. Steve Woods, who should be the Padres' opening day starter? That's Chris Paddock, coach. All right, Tony Gwynn, Jr. Garrett Richards. Chris Ello? Garrett Richards. All right, I'm going to go with Chris Paddock, so it ends in a tie. Gentlemen, a great hour. Uh, really enjoyed it. You guys have oh, a great really day. We really helped huh? Jace Tingler out there, didn't we? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cake, hey, you guys have a great day. Thanks, Coach. All right, hey, we're going to get to the top of the hour uh, and hope you enjoyed our uh, baseball roundtable focusing in the Padres starting rotation. Come back. We'll get to the John Quintero Show next right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.